Uh, the guests start coming and they don't stop coming. Right to the ground, hit the ground. Huh? All right. You know what? <laughs> what if I just have uh-huh. a singing as the pre, the pre? Absolutely not. No. Yeah, it's gonna happen. We're gonna gonna hear our beautiful, beautiful voices, and then just like that. The music plays. Okay. We gotta have a different intro. We can't. Oh, we have to. I will not allow it. Well, you don't edit these anymore. Oh, fuck. I have no power here. You have no power here, Gandalf Greybeard. <laughs> Whatever the fuck his name is. You know, I've never seen those movies. God. Nope. Fucking none of you bitches have. What the Sorry, fuck? I just don't really like fantasy. We've been over this before. I know. We've been over this before. So sorry. <laughs> okay, well, hey, guess what? What? We are here today to speak about Season 2, Episode 20, Honor Amongst Thieves. B, will you join me in Holy Matra Podcast? (laughs) I was really wondering how you were going to bring that one back around. James, I would... I do. It would be my honor. I do. (laughs) We're podcast married now. We weren't already. We already have a podcast mortgage on yeah, this fucking show. A 15-year like, mortgage. Exactly. That's funny. I would love to talk about season two, episode 20, Honor Among Thieves, here on our podcast, Wheels Up. Wheels Up. What a weird episode, huh? I Okay. I have seen this episode about a million times, right? Obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Of course you have. And it wasn't until this rewatch that I actually understood what the fucking, like, crime deal was. Every time I finish it, I'd be like, why is Natalia helping them? What's going on? Why is it? <laughs> this is like the- <laughs> I was, like, ready to be like, B, you've got to explain this to me. But I guess, you know, because I was actually, like, taking notes, I was finally, like, Oh, the son of the boss started kidnapping people for ransom and the boss was just like paying it off because he couldn't let people know there was a rogue person and he also couldn't let people know that he like had a son. But then this time Natalia was like in love with the son and they're using the money from the dad's ransom to pay for them to run away. But they had to get the FBI involved because like the boss dad wasn't going to pay. So they get the FBI involved and he pays, but then like he knows it's his son. So then he like kills his son and Natalia. I was like, I was like, what? What? There's a lot going on here, but I do like that this man is basically giving his son like kidnapping allowance. Like, Actually, he says that he's like, it doesn't matter. It's a way for him to like earn money and it's coming out of the fund anyway. I was like, he's not earning money. He's kidnapping people and 
also you're paying him. Like that's not the kid didn't go get a part time job. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't like a nine to five. Like this, it's so strange. It's weird. Also, like this is the only episode with Emily's mom in it, and she's like barely in it, kind of. Also, every other time we meet a teammate's family member, there's like a moment where everyone's like, "These are my, this is my family," and everyone's like, "Oh, I get it." They all meet the ambassador, but no one mentions. Like, no one's like, "Oh, is that your mom?" There's absolutely none of that. They see this MILF walk into the BAU and they're like, yeah, I know. I get it. I yeah. understand. Just yeah. by just by sight alone. Yeah, that's Emily's mom. Yeah, like not just that, but like when they're in the when everyone is in the briefing room, there's no like, wow, you guys look alike. Or like, hey everyone, this is my mom. Everyone walks in, they feel the ice cold tension in the room, and they all go. I get Emily now. I yeah. get it. <laughs> They're like, so many things about Emily make sense so quickly. They all just like, oh, I was sensing some mommy issues and now I'm seeing the mommy issues. Also, so this is like a big thing. Her father, not mentioned. Not Not once. at all. Not a... How's dad? Great. He's out of town. Not a, have you spoken to dad lately? Not, how you, how's your father doing? Not like, your father would be proud of you. Not, she was a test tube child. Like, she has no <laughs> She father. was an immaculate conception. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> immaculate conception. Absolutely. <laughs> no. And also, like, they go to the ambassador's house and you see her office and there's picture there's like old 90s pictures of Paget, which are like hilarious in the background you see it it's like clearly Paget's like headshot from 1997 right and yeah. no man there are no men pictures of nothing no there was no she does not have a father <laughs> and like she is just an immaculate conception baby and like her first episode Hotch is like how are your parents and she goes oh they're fine and then later she says, like, oh, my parents never knew that I smoked as a teenager. But this episode, no father mention. Nothing. She <laughs> she has nothing. There is there is a father apprentice in the world, but he does not exist in this episode. And also like this is the only glimpse we get into Emily's personal life. <laughs> she and her mother don't speak. She calls her mom mother. I've never seen mother fail at anything. <laughs> like, okay. Mother. Mother. We see, like, the rich-ass house. We see Emily's, like... <laughs> okay, I do really like that Emily is clearly, like, people pleasy. Like, every time her mom walks away, Emily, like, stares after her longingly, like, waiting for her to look back, and she never does that kind of shit. But then also the first conversation they have, she's like, I'm not... I don't enjoy my job, mom. I mean, it is what I want to do, but, like, ugh, why is this a fight? And it's like, Emily, you did this. Like, <laughs> You literally are a teenager still. You are yeah. still a teenager. Her you mom are not like, immune to being a teenager. Her mom is like, so do you enjoy your job? And she's like, I wouldn't use the word enjoy. And her mom's like, oh, I thought you wanted this job. And she's like, I did, but, like, enjoy is a bad word. 
And her mom's like, well, okay, what would you say it is? And Emily's like, mom, why are you interrogating me? I was just like, <laughs> tell me you were like that teenage girl without telling me you were that teenage girl. So For funny. Sure. So funny. Ugh. This episode is kind of buck wild, actually, for like a lot of different reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it tells us so much about Emily's character, but at the same time, like nothing about Emily's like upbringing, you know, like with Morgan, it's like they're choking. Haha, he set the cake on fire one year. There's all like the trophies on the wall. And then Emily's it's like her mother lives in like a nice house. And there's with a couple- an assistant with an assistant. She's got like pictures of Emily up. Um, and when they speak, it's like interrogation. And then at the end, Emily's like, Hey, do you want to get dinner? And her mom is like, You want to spend time with me? And then, like, that's it. And it's like, Okay, well, <laughs> okay, I guess. I guess this is what we're doing now. Okay. I, I guess this is it. Like no, no childhood talk. It was just weird. Like no one got introduced to Emily's mother. There was no talk of Emily's. It was all business until the end, you know? And this episode itself, even outside of Emily's insane mommy issues, like <laughs> this episode itself is like kind of fucking insane. This... What is the BAU doing in Baltimore? Why are they here? It is Why do so we weird. not get doubting Derek? For once, it would make sense. But no, Derek's like immediately 110. Like, what is going on? No, this is, this episode like exists in a void in the BAU like universe. It's so weird. Like, it's the fact that they all saw Emily's mom and then they were like, we are now going to proceed like we did not meet your mother. And that's out of kindness to you, Emily. Honestly, <laughs> you're so right. Like they meet, they're like, that's Emily's mom. And then they meet her and they're like, oh, no, that's like an ambassador. Like they act as if this is some strange ambassador who's like pulling some strings and not like actually Emily's birth mother. Like, it's just so weird. Yeah. This woman raised Emily. She didn't do a very good job of it, obviously, but she did. Like, it's it is the weirdest. It's just shit. so weird. It's like, it's like I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when you meet like a friend's like homophobic parent on accident, yes, you're just like out in the world and you like meet your bestie's homophobic parent, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, I'm not about to throw hands in this coffee shop, but like, hi, how are you? Is your is your family pet doing okay? Great. Hey, my coffee just came. I just took it to go. Sorry. It was wonderful seeing you. And then you never mention that like that experience goes into a box and you shove it somewhere away and you never mention it. That's what this is to the BAU. This is their coffee shop episode. What I imagine happened right so emily's in a briefing when her mother shows up right there's somebody in a briefing she's yes. making her little coffee so they're doing their briefing on presumably another case, case that they didn't take okay something they should be doing uh, yeah 
in the end, it turns out this one's like a serial killer case. So like, okay, fine. But they don't know that. So they're on a case. They're having a briefing. Emily's making her coffee. And then she looks up and there's her mother in the precinct. Her mother, who she does not speak to, like ever, is just at her job. There. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, right. And so she... You imagine being the rest of the team, okay? So you're like, yeah, you're having a briefing. And Emily suddenly straightens up and you're like, huh? She steps outside and goes, mother? And you're immediately like, Emily's mom is here? Who the fuck is Emily's mom? And they look out and there's the hottest woman you can ever see. Who you immediately (laughs) tell is like a stone cold bitch. You're like, hell. You see her and you go, Oh, that's that's old money MILF over there. Okay. Yeah, that's old money. That's old money vintage MILF right oh, there, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. So then they're immediately like, okay, well, I see why how Emily got so hot and there's the money. Like, okay, Emily didn't make this money, it was her mother's. I get it. No, I get it. Trust one baby for sure. So then Emily leaves with Hotch to go talk to the mother. And you're in that briefing room being like talking as fast as you can about everything you've gathered from the five seconds you've profiled her mother, right? And the way Emily went, Penelope comes into the briefing room because she, like, heard about it from down the hall, and she's like, guys, I have to see this MILF. She comes in, too. I have to, I have to, oh, yeah. why was she there? Who knows? Just to talk shit, I bet. And there's so much in that one instant. There's Ambassador Prentice. They get to watch her walk across the bullpen to Hotcher's office so you with the people treading her so they get to profile her as she moves through this space like she <laughs> fucking owns it right and then they get to profile Emily being like mother Hotch my mother is here why is my mother here and then they're like Emily why did you suddenly become like a teenage girl again they get to watch Emily be like Hotch um can I sit with you in the room while you talk to my mother just in case she needs me and everyone's like okay okay and then the way Hotch is like oh the ambassador of course I'll go speak to her I'll drop everything and they're like okay so this woman's like very powerful cool 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 didn't Hotch (laughs) used to work for okay and then they come back in the room and Hotch says forget what we were talking about we have a new case very personal Ransom note, one-off kidnapping. They don't know it's serial yet. And so everyone is like, damn, the ambassador's got sway. And then Emily, so Emily's like comforting the guy's wife, right? The older woman sitting with her arm around this older woman being very comfortable. The ambassador is sitting next to her, leg crossed away from Emily. Like her back is to Emily, (laughs) even though they're sitting next to each other. It's like, how are you doing that? But she's like ice cold closing on Emily, Speaking like, well, I'll go talk to my Russian contacts. I'll go, I'll go to the embassy. And Emily's like, Mom, you can't just do that. And and her mom's like, I'm going to. And then just like leaves without saying bye. Emily looking longingly after her. And, and could you just like the BAU is just in that group chat, like <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> you know, you know. Penelope like looked up all of the details of her career and was like, Oh yeah, guys. Everything about Emily makes way more sense now. Remember how she speaks Arabic for some reason? Now we know. Like, <laughs> I moved around a lot as a child. Like, okay, you get it. She was dragged by this woman in her powerful career. And then, like, you, you just, I just, you get everything you need to know about Emily just by watching her. And I'm not, and we're not profilers. Like, they're all there going, 
Yeah. Oh, I get it now. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, it's funny. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. it's funny. I just would love to be in that group chat. Like, it starts off with, wow. You know JJ's fingers are fucking flying, oh. dude. Even Penelope on their laptops IMing, like, is yeah. messaging, you know, real fast. But it's like, it's the group chat starts off with, like, wow, she's hot. Oh, my God, did you see Emily turn into, like, a little puppy when her mom turned up? Haha. And then it's like, God, her mom's kind of a bitch. And then it's like... <laughs> It's like, oh my god, did you see how sad Emily was that her mom, like, couldn't talk to this embassy guy and get info? Wow. And then it's like, wait, her mom showed back up and she, like, did do it? And then it's like, guys, Emily canceled plans to go to the bar because she's having dinner with her mom? I didn't think they talked. Just, like, the roller coaster of the group chat during the day. Yeah! What a day! What a, what day, a day to be a fly on the wall of oh. me you group chat. I'm just oh, like, God. <laughs> this is Emily's like 10th episode, full episode, right? So we see her on the 9th. This is her like 10th full episode, okay? It's only, yeah. it's been like a few months, not that long though. But it's like, we have yeah. Emily in Lessons Learned, who's like, please, 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 can I work on this case? Please, I promise I'll be helpful. Just let me in the team. Can I come on the team, please? And then there's Emily who's like, Gosh, I'm so bad at dating. I'm such a loser nerd. I'm so weird. But then there's like Jones Emily who's like, I'll fucking kill you, cop. You can't joke about rape like that. I'll fucking tear your goddamn guts out. And now it's Emily back to like, um, mom, do you think I could help you um, with some of this information? Because this is my job. Mom, uh, don't ask me if it's fun it's serious like <laughs> yeah there's just truly so much it there's so much like there's we, just so much i just love that there's like hot sexy emily doesn't give a fuck will beat the shit out of you and then there's like please like me i promise i'm nice emily <laughs> i'll work really hard just like why God. Okay. Should we actually talk about <laughs> this episode? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the case. I like that we have our, like, sort of, like, going insane first ten minutes of the episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we're like, hey, should we actually, like, go through this like real yeah. competent people do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we're in Baltimore. It's nighttime. We're on a street. The dad, oh my god, this Russian dad guy seems so nice. He, like, gets out of the He's car, like, I'm so happy to be home. Woohoo. Yeah. And then he gets, like, grabbed by two dudes in a van. Bag over his head, yanked into the van. They cut his finger. Okay, they cut his finger off in the back of the van. And then wrap it and up then and then put they it go on somewhere his seat. Else. Yeah, and then they drive off. And you see, like, one person looking out the window. And you're like, oh, oh what's going on? Okay. Then it's the next day. It's at Quantico. Oh, this woman walks in. She talk. You know who she talks to? Anderson. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, he's back, baby. I'm glad he's... this guy got his union day rate. <laughs> Brian Apple, Agent Anderson, you're back, baby. We also have our other favorite reoccurring, non-reoccurring character in this episode. Did you spot her? The tech, right? CSU agent, tech agent, 
Gina Sharp. Hell That's yeah. her, baby. She's was, back. She was wearing glasses. You almost didn't recognize her. I almost didn't. She was there. I saw her because when the woman is like, they're like, let her keep the finger. She makes this face that where she just goes like, okay. And like her eyes go real wide and she like hands it over. I was like, wow, you are acting. We are acting. Um, yes, very good. Also, it does like make me laugh that Emily's mother like is a Charlie's angel. Yeah, for sure. This was also um, Emily's mother, by the way, for reference, is played by Kate Jackson. Mm -hmm. This was also her like last acting role. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Wild. Anderson, our favorite guy. Back. Anderson, our boy. Our boy. He's returned. Anderson. Where did he go? I don't know. Yeah. And she comes in and she's like, hey. I need to speak with Agent Emily Prentice. And Anderson's like, oh, sh- she's in a briefing. And her mom is like, I don't care. I said I wanted to speak with Emily Prentice. And then Emily's like, mother? And then she gets excited. And then she's like, why is my mom here? <laughs> Great. She's just so, like, as soon as she comes out of the little, like, briefing room, she's just, like, so, and Paget's so good at playing this, oh, but yeah. she does look like a whole different person, body language-wise. She sees her mother and immediately reverts back to, like, high school Military kid. straightness, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a moment it's later so- when her mom is on the phone with Gregor, and Gregor's like, goodbye, Emily, and immediately she just goes, goodbye, sir. Like, instinct, like... Yeah. Yeah, she goes right back to that, like, yes, sir, thank you, sir. And it's funny. Sad, but funny. So, Natalia is the young woman in this episode who... So she says she found her dad's car when she went to take up the trash, and he'd been kidnapped, his finger was left, and Ambassador Prentice is like, they came to me. And you find out that, like, Natalia's father's like nephew used to work for ambassador prentice and so they came to ambassador prentice for help here's my first question mark right Uh uh-huh of which there are many of which there are many so the reason natalia got government help was to put pressure on the mob boss lasowski something like that and I get that. The FBI shows up, mob boss would feel pressure. Though she had to go such a roundabout way to get there. She had to ask Ambassador Prentice for help. And Ambassador Prentice could have just been like, oh, here's the money. Or she could have, like, did Natalia know Ambassador Prentice worked with the daughter her daughter emily worked at the fbi or like was she just trying to get any government you know i wonder if she just meant to get ambassador prentice in on this to pay the money i wonder if she just meant to get well no because and then ambassador prentice was the one who then involved the fbi and she was like oh this is a little bit too far because i think i don't think she minded where the money came from as long as she got it right no i like, think I don't know, but, I, no, but I think she did because later gideon says why involve the fbi the mob boss 
Losowski always pays Losowski. the ran- always pays the ransom. So why get the FBI involved? And they said, oh, because it puts pressure on him to pay the money. But I just don't know why there needs to be pressure because he always pays the money for a Wasn't year. he about to cut him off and be like, no more, you can no longer earn your own money. <laughs> earn your own money. <laughs> um, oh. Like this. He sort of like mentioned that he didn't want to pay this one. Like he was done with it. He's bored with this. Right. He wasn't going to pay. Any- okay. So he wasn't going to pay anymore. So they get the FBI involved. Maybe they like think that Lasowski doesn't want his son to get caught by the FBI. So he would pay it just to like get it over with. Yeah. I guess so. But it's weird because then the, when Lasowski shows up at Natalia's house, he's like, why didn't you ask me for help? Meaning she never even asked him for the money. Because she was always planning on increasing the ransom so that she and uh, Leov could run away together. I guess so. But like, why her own father? She resented him for never looking at her after his after her brothers died. I guess so. It's just so messy. She's trying to do eight this things at once. This episode is such a mess. This episode is so much, and it's not good. It's like she is in love with Leop, and for the past year, they've been extorting this money. But where's the money going? Because the bank account only had $500,000 in it. So if they've been saving up, like, is he just spent? I mean, for a year, there's, we've heard there's dozens of these cases. Where's all the money? Is he spending that is much? Is he moving it around other bank accounts so it can't be traced? I mean, maybe it's just like, this feels like something you do once. You get your 500000 and you move away. So, but they've been doing this to dozens of people, and this time is the last time. So it's like, why? I have a lot of questions about this. This episode, episode is a goddamn mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and I I enjoy it every time I watch it. But like I said, I've watched it a lot of times, and this is the first time I could like follow <laughs> the case of it. Okay. Anyway. Ambassador Prentice is like, they came to me because the dad's nephew used to work for me. And I said I'd help them. And I knew that Emily worked here. So I just was like, oh, my daughter's an FBI agent. She'll help you. And then came. But she also, like, doesn't ask Emily for help. She just goes to the place Emily works. And is like, my daughter works here. So help me. Like, imagine, like, your daughter's a barista and you just go to the coffee shop and she's not even working and you're like, my daughter works here sometimes. Give me coffee for free. Like, that's what her mom's doing. (laughs) You can't just do that. You can't just just do that. Anyway, she's like, we need help, whatever. And Hotch is like, there are channels we have to go through. Like, you, we need, the Baltimore people need to help us. And then the Russian mom is like, officials are the same everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. Kidnappers left a note asking for money, and then they're going to send another piece in eight hours. Also, why eight? Like, what a time constraint. Eight hours she gave herself to get this money. They love this time constraint this episode. They mention this time 
every goddamn chance they get. And then it doesn't even matter because Liav cuts his ear off two hours early. To put more pressure on, I guess? I just... There's a lot. There's a lot here. happening, and, like, for what? I... Okay. <laughs> so... They're like, here's the finger. It's got the wedding ring on it. Please help. And Hachi's like, <gasps> okay. Opening. Great. Now we're in the briefing room. The tension in this briefing room, it literally is like, it's like Hotch came in before Emily and the ambassador and went, nobody talk about how it's Emily's mom. And so they're all like, okay. So they're trying to act like it's a normal case and ignore the fact that this is Emily's mother they're just like this is a normal thing that's happening <laughs> this is normal um it's really like it's so weird did you think it was out of character for Derek to be going along with this so easily yeah I thought it was weird because Derek here's the thing Derek is a doubter He's yes. doubting Derek, and I love him for it. What the fuck is this? It's... He's just immediately like, all right, yeah, I'll go to Baltimore. Like, doesn't even... I wonder if his um, sense of, like, I must protect these women overshadows his, like, why is this a case for us? You know? I also wonder if maybe it's like a... I mean, All right, Emily helped. Me. Yeah, he's he's like it's um, it's Emily's case. Like Emily Ryan. helped with me with my case. Right now, I'm gonna help her with hers. Fair's fair, whatever. It's just it seemed so weird to me that I was like, I was expecting him the whole time. I was like, and here's Derek's quip about this not being a them case. Here's here's where he's gonna say it. he's gonna say it now, and then he never did. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of let down by this now. I think it's a mix of like. Emily's it's Emily's mom and then the ambassador is no nonsense no room for argument and then yeah like, that's oh. true she does book no room no you are lucky to get a word in yeah and then Hotch also like agreed to take the case and then like Gideon is along for the ride and then it's like a woman's father and a woman's husband you know so there's just like a lot going on that's like Okay. Also, it's only going to be a few hours and then they can get back to their normal case, you know? That's fair. I mean, it's 20 fucking minutes on the flight to Baltimore, so... It, like, on the... Okay. As someone who lived in Baltimore, worked in D.C., I... On the one hand, I'm like, I would love to fly a jet back and forth. That would be so nice. But then I'm like, it's a 20-minute flight. How much pollution are you putting in the air? But on the other hand, it would take them three hours to drive from Baltimore yeah, to Baltimore. Like... So it's like, I get it. It would take half of that eight hours just to get to fucking Baltimore because of traffic being shit. Um, but on the other also, hand, like a 20 minute. Why? Why don't we have trains? Why don't we have trains? We do. They could have taken the mark. They could have Why taken the train. But here's my question. Later, I think next episode, they a flight from Quantico to like St. Louis or from Quantico to Kansas City is also only like 30 minutes. 
physically impossible. That flight's like four hours. I know, but I just remember that like the guy comments on it like, oh, we're landing already. And she's like, and JJ's like, it's a fast plane. <laughs> it's, it's a, at, at best, it's a two and a half hour flight. Wild. Flight from Quantico. If you go DC, if you go, we'll just go DC to MCI, which is Midcontinent International, which is what Kansas City's is. It's two and a half hours, nonstop ish. I want to see how long a flight. Let's see. Yeah, Reagan. The idea of flying from like Reagan to BWI is like so fucking funny to me. So fucking funny that this website is literally like. Sorry, we don't have any flights from Reagan. Because that's a stupid it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. We take more in gas than we would make on the fucking. It's just wild that it's like, like it's just so wild that they would fly from Guanaco to Baltimore. Like make what? a fucking train. I just like we, it would have to be BW. Oh, it's thirty eight minutes. From Quantico to Baltimore. Oh boy, a big 38 minutes. Like. And then it says it also adds an extra 30 minutes for takeoff to landing. You spend more time taking off and landing the plane than you do in the air. Oh God. How many miles is that? 82 miles. It's an hour and a half drive. Or, according to them, a 20 minute flight. It just like I get it, you're on a time constraint, but also like the damage to the atmosphere because then you know they fly back. The plane yeah. has to fly back. Like <laughs> I hate it. Okay. Why anyway. are we killing our planet this way? Yeah. Ah! Anyway. Okay, we're in the briefing room. I put the forensic woman is trying to take the finger to put it in a cooler. And the wife is, like, crying. I want to know. The wife does not seem to be in on it. Natalia's mom, is she just spends the whole episode crying. Yeah, I don't think she is. She's like, my husband. And at the end, she's like, my daughter. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, they're trying to take the finger. What's her name? Our tech? CSU. Gina Sharp. Her Gina Sharp, yeah. yeah. It's like CSU tech agent or CSU tech agent Sharp, yeah. We love. That's our bestie right there. That's our bestie, and she is on an upwards career path right now. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy for her. We She's last, climbing the ranks. If you forgot, we last saw Gina Sharp in Fisher King Part 1. <laughs> yeah. Examining the sword, being like, hey guys, something's written on this sword. Cool. <laughs> and now she's like, sorry, you want to keep the finger okay uh okay whatever sure yeah so the the wife is like can i at least keep his wedding ring and she's like sure so they give her the ring oh no they ask for the wedding ring and instead they're like just leave the cooler with her let her hold the finger it's like okay cool whatever and then reed is like hey i don't know russian what is the ransom note says and then natalia recites it from memory which is like, if you're trying to be subtle, you're not doing great. But she's like... Also, doesn't hmm. Reed know Russian in like three or four episodes? 
Yeah, in a few episodes, he, he does. Reed knows Russian. It's like a thing. Maybe, maybe this episode is why he's like, oh, maybe I should learn Russian, actually. And then he does it in the next four episodes-ish? Season 10, it looks like. No, he, because, no, there's this, there's that fucking thing about he and Emily watching some movie in the original Russian. Oh, right. Oh, that's, sorry, that's in season six. So okay. he does, in four four seasons, sorry, I was wrong. In four seasons, he's like, hey, maybe I should just learn Russian, actually. I like the idea after this. He's like, hey, Emily, you speak Russian? And she's like, not very well. I'm barely passable. And he's like, do you want to take Russian classes together? And Emily's just like, yeah, okay. And they become besties. <laughs> I like. Oh, that's how they start their bestie era? Okay, yeah. actually, I kind of love that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I, also I like, kind of love that. I love the idea of them just, like, speaking in Russian at work to, like, talk shit or, like, gossip. <laughs> Yeah. There's no one else who else is going to speak fucking Russian. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Reed asks for translation. Natalia just knows it because she's, like, memorized. And this is where we see Emily being very comforting to the wife. And her mom is just, like, completely turned away from Emily. Even when her mom is speaking to her, she doesn't look at her. It's wild. Um, yeah. And the ransom note, there's no names on it. It's not addressed to anyone. And most ransom notes are personalized hey i took your dad give me money to get him back this doesn't even say that and it doesn't even say don't call the police because russians aren't known for calling the police like they're not like immigrants i think of most immigrants aren't going to turn to the police unless they have to correct unless like i had an uncle who was a police officer uh like like he immigrated from cuba became a citizen became a police officer so like he dealt with a lot of immigrants because he was an immigrant, you know? Yeah. So unless you have that relationship, you're not going to go to the cops. Um, he was actually maybe murdered because he was running for, like, head of, like, the police in his area of Miami. and Oh, like, for real? Yeah, and, like, he was healthy and fine. He was going to make all these changes and start fighting back against, like, crime and, like, mafia stuff, organized crime in Miami. And then he went out for a jog, came back, took a nap, and died in his sleep. And they're, like, not entirely sure, like, why he had this weird heart attack in his sleep. And they think he might have been murdered because he was going to, like, fight organized Miami crime. That's kind of insane, actually. Is that something you should be saying on this, our podcast? <laughs> I, I'm fine, yes. <laughs> But it was like one of those things where we were all kind of like, oh, yeah, like Ricky, he he had a car shop. My mom always went to his like auto shop to like get repairs and stuff. We love Ricky. And then he was a cop, you know, and he was like, um, like very community oriented, very like fighting corruption in this area, like that kind of thing. Like, hey, yeah. you know, let's be good immigrants. Like, I don't know. And then he was running for this position against like the current guy that was like very corrupt very in with like organized cuban mafia stuff and he was running against him to like stop that and then he just kind of like died right before the election (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like i watched sometimes i watch stuff like this and i'm like oh my god the russian mob ew like that's so fake and then i like remember this story (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah, we do still have 
immigrant mods and like organized crime is still like a super big thing <laughs> yeah I, that I kind know, of really wow. is wow crazy um yeah yeah just wanted to throw that out there this feels like the episode to tell that story <laughs> okay right so penelope is like listen i do not know how russian banks work i don't know their servers i can't hack in like i would if it were an american bank um and then emily is like there's no way like a russian bank is gonna give us information to check their servers and the ambassador's like well i'll go to the embassy i have contacts and emily's like and say what the u.s wants info on russian banks like there's no way and the ambassador just goes i'm gonna make some calls and just gets up and leaves doesn't even look at emily and emily like stares after her like longingly like mom um that does make me laugh and then morgan's gonna go back to natalia's house and natalia's gonna go with her and gideon's like yeah do it and emily's like i'll stay with the old woman because i'm like passable in russian cool 25 minute flight to baltimore morgan is like natalia doesn't look scared she just looks determined and gideon's like yeah so profile the house and also profile her because she's sketch great um emily's comforting the wife and she's like my mama's feelers out and she's pretty confident she can get results and then I, this is where I said, no one's talking about how this is Emily's mom. Nobody is mentioning no, it. No one is like... Nobody. No one's like, so that's your mom? No one. We have all agreed to not mention that this is Emily's mother. Nobody talk about it. We can't scare Emily off. I was going to say, everyone's like, let's be nice and just ignore emily's mother issues we're being very kind exactly (laughs) it's like if we acknowledge that this is emily's mom we have to acknowledge the way emily is acting so we're all just gonna pretend emily is being normal and not weird around her mother (laughs) yeah 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 uh the translator shows up the russian translator shows up and emily's like hotch can I go help my mom? And Hotch is like, yeah, 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 let us know. And she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> she just runs away. She's just like, she yeah. also, by the way, looks so good this episode. Oh my God. The, like, scoop neck shirt. She wears this black shirt several times. And every time, oh. every time, I'm just like, kill me. Every time. It's definitely one of those ones. It's like a bodysuit, you know, the ones that like clasp between your legs. Because it is tight tucked in tight tucked in scoop neck she's wearing some cute little necklace her hair is perfectly this is like peak emily hair and then she but she's she's still got her thick chunky men's dress pants oh god damn it (laughs) emily francis god damn it I'm really shocked we made it almost an hour into recording before we did an emily outfit check because she looks good i wasn't gonna say anything i was gonna be like be chill she just looks there's something notable about her outfit she just looks real good this episode she just looks hot as fuck if you're not gonna say it i'm gonna say it i'd let that woman ruin my life i'm not even gonna (laughs) i would let that woman i'm not even gonna act like i'm above it all like (laughs) she would she would not text me back the next morning and that's okay i would still go home with her next time we meet at a bar like (laughs) i'm not gonna pretend like i'm above all that 
Oh, I'm yeah. not. I would always answer her late night texts. And I she would sends always... me you up at 3 a.m. I'm answering. I am there. That shit is set to go through my do not disturb. I am there. I was going to say she's got a special text tone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to bed early. I have this big meeting tomorrow. And then you hear that boop boop. Hey, you up? On my way. I'm coming. Like, <laughs> I can't like, lie. I am there. And then yeah. you, you don't even ask to spend the night. You say, thank you so much. Goodbye. See you next time. And you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you'd yeah. like. Your thank you for letting me do these things. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And then her mom, they're also both in black the whole time. And we learned later that Emma, Emily was like a goth kid, girl in high school, like rebellious. Yeah, for sure. She had the like, ratted hair and the white face paint like we know she went through her like goth she went through many phases her goth i hate my mother phase and now she's just like a dark goth but her mother is also a dark goth they're both in yeah had her- to go black this whole episode <laughs> her mother is what i call business casual goth which yeah. is where you wear all black and get away with it because right. you're in a business environment and it's yeah. fine yeah it's just so funny to see her mom and be like oh emily dresses exactly like her mother Oh, also, there's a lot of, like, headcanons that her mom and the blonde assistant are, like, lesbians together. (laughs) The blonde assistant was one line. (laughs) I love... Here's the thing that I love about this podcast. Yeah. Is you and I... This podcast is a little bit like... It's you and me just, like, ice fishing, right? (laughs) We're just out here with nothing to do, just shooting the shit. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you'll mention something, and there will be this, like, leviathan shadow that goes underneath (laughs) us. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the headcanon that Emily's mom and this random assistant are fucking. (laughs) And I'll just be like, huh, neat. And I'll grab another beer and crack it open and we'll go back to fishing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got all the deep creature lore. Exactly. And you're, you're like, wow, the sky looks nice today. And I'm like, 50,000 feet below us, there's a lesbian Emily's mom headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then slightly above that, there's yeah. the headcanon that Rita's fucking that random dude from season two episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ethan. <laughs> 18 Jones, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here for all your needs. Okay, we're in Baltimore. They meet up with Agent Kramer. They introduce him like we're supposed to know who he is. And... He uh, was in... He was the other Baltimore agent from Natural Born Killer. I remember who this guy is. Okay, that's who I thought he was. He was the, the handler of the guy. Yeah. He was the handler of the FBI guy. Okay, that's who I thought he was. And then he says there's been kidnaps and, like, he calls them mutilation kidnappings. It's been happening for, like, a year. And so my question was, why didn't you reach out to the BAU if this has been happening for a year? But he also talks about it, like, technically there's no case because all of the victims claim it never happened. I guess so. So you can't solve a crime you don't know is occurring. You know what I mean? I guess so. Like... The people don't go to him while the crime is in progress. They just see people without ring fingers and nobody wants to snitch. That's true. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And this is where we learned that it's like the Russian mob and it's like criminals are doing the kidnapping and then criminals are getting kidnapped. So like, and everyone's like- They're kidnapping their own people? Yeah. Question mark? 
That was the part that I was like, why am I paying the small bus dues? And why am I following the small bus's rules? And at any time they could kidnap me for money I don't have because I'm already paying them. Like, it's just weird. I Maybe everyone's like, that's just how mob shit is. I don't know. Well, maybe it's like not people directly associated. Not like the direct mobsters. Just it's like, like the indirect mobsters. I the, guess like, so. The community around them. But it's weird. What's weird to me is that the boss, who everyone is assuming is kidnapping these people, is also like paying the ransom for them. So it's like, sorry, you kidnapped me and then paid the ransom for the kidnap. Like, is this some weird mob boss laundering? Like, is that what they think? It's <laughs> is just... this money laundering? Is this like... Because it's like, I'm paying money into the pool of money they talk about. And then you kidnap me and you use the money that I gave you to pay the ransom, which is presumably going right back in the pool. So it's like, what do people think is happening? I don't think... Here's the thing. I think... No, here, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think Mr. Mob Boss Arsene Lasowski definitely is paying these ransoms. And people yes. know that he's the one who's paying the ransoms. Yes. I don't think people think that the Russian mob is the one doing the kidnapping. Or if it is, it's like a splinter group or something. I well, think everybody thinks they're under his protection, and so he's the one who's paying the ransom for them to get them back. And it's like another group who's doing the kidnapping. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing. Was like Gideon was like, you can't let people know you have a maverick. You can't let people know you're not in control. You know? But it's like, then who do they think is kidnapping them? They speak Russian. <laughs> just like, and if they speak Russian, then they should be under this guy's control. And if they're under this guy's control, why is he paying the ransom that he put out? I just, what do people think is happening? I'm so confused. But I don't, I maybe, don't have answers to all of Criminal Minds' very weird little plot holes. Okay, that's fair. All right. So they're just kind of standing in the street. I think it's Gideon, Reed, and Kramer are standing in the street just like talking about this in front of Natalia's house. And Gideon sees someone like peeking out of the house. And they say that these guys are targeting... Kramer's theory is they're targeting the people they smuggled into the country because they know the people can't go to the police and they know that the people already owe them. You know? And so... They're saying, well, okay, this family did come to this country, was smuggled into the U.S., but they don't have any money. So, like, what's going on? So then Reed calls Garcia and is like, get me the background of the victim's family. Great. That's what she's going to do. Inside the house, Morgan and Natalia are talking. She tells the story of, like, I'm from Russia. I had two brothers. They died of diphtheria when they were kids. It was really hard on the parents. It wasn't the same afterwards. 
And then she talks about her grandfather held a party job in the Communist Party in Soviet Russia, the USSR. And then when communism fell, he got arrested and was a criminal in prison. And he died in prison a few years later. But when he died, they were the rest of the family was already in the U.S. because they fled, smuggled out in delivery trucks. Because mm-hmm. the dad, the one who's kidnapped, didn't believe that Russia would ever change, even though it's technically a democracy. Um, he was right. And <laughs> correct. Correct. But the problem was it wasn't just the quote unquote good people from Russia who came over. Criminals also fled Russia. Cool. And then Morton says, In America they can only hurt you if you're afraid to ask for help. What the fuck is that shit, boy? Boy? Boy. But then Natalia says, Is that really true? And he goes, Correct, girl. Correct. And he's like, Most of the time, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe the only person I can think that that's true for is like the straight whites who are upper middle class and upper. Because poor, yeah. poor whites also treated poorly. Any person of color, unless you're like rich, rich, celebrity rich, you know, like that's not true for immigrants. Like, what do you, like, Morgan, what do you talk? America is not the land of the free, Morgan. Morgan, you just went through, like, a whole traumatizing experience, like, seven episodes ago. They can only hurt you if you're afraid to ask for help. Morgan, you were afraid to ask for help for a very long time. And I understand, and actually, you never asked for help, ever. They, you solved it without having to ask for help. So I I don't know what you're talking about, Morgan. Morgan. Derek Morgan. That was a weird, I don't know. Okay. It was some weird shit. And we're not going to act like it wasn't some weird shit. It was the weirdest shit. Okay. Now we're in like a meat freezer. (laughs) The good old meat, criminal meat freezer. Where do criminals keep finding these things? I wouldn't know the first thing about where a big industrial meat freezer is in my town. I'm guessing that it's like, you know, a butcher shop that someone or like a food processing plant or something. Yeah. Yeah. That like the mafia owns the business. But yeah, it's an odd one. Also, they never show outside of it. It's just a metal room with these big meat things. And we'll see this again soon. Another freezer. Or did we just see one? We saw one already. There's one where girls go missing and the guy's like keeping them in a freezer. Like this. I can't remember if that already happened, if it's gonna happen. Criminal Minds does love its freezers. Criminal Minds fucking loves a creepy freezer. It's a blue-toned freezer. It loves a blue-toned freezer. Yeah, okay. Oh, I think... I think the one you're thinking of is maybe About Face. It it's one of the face episodes where the like, guy sneaks into their houses and takes them and then like live streams it or something like that. I think it might be about face. About face is I don't the know, maybe not. Seen me. It's not that one. I do like that episode though. I just watched it. That's good app. Yeah, it's a good episode. Um freezer. <laughs> like terrible. Just Googling Criminal Minds Freezer and seeing what they get. No, I don't remember which one I'm talking about. Anyway, we're in a meat freezer. 
their dad is getting beaten up. And then the other guy, there's like a leather jacket guy, and then there's Leov. Leather jacket guy is like, Leov, stop beating the shit out of the dad. We got to keep him alive to get the money. And then the dad's like, we don't have any money. And the guy's like, soon, they'll send it. They always send it. And the guy's like, we don't have any money. And he's like, don't worry. They'll send the money. It's fine. And then the dad's like, crying. Great. Then we learn from Kramer that the ma- Russian mafia has been beefing up in Baltimore. That the big, you know, it was big in New York. And then they spread out branch offices. <laughs> Chicago, you know, Baltimore, etc. Texas. I love the idea of it being. I mean, it is like business. You know, it is a business. Yeah, exactly. But... They have a regional office for. Uh... Yeah, it's the Baltimore regional office. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's, <laughs> it's the... just very funny to me. It's hilarious. It's the Odessa Mafia. So I don't know if you know this. It's a fun little mafia history fact. Basically, the oh, mafia really? was weakening in the early uh, 20th century, but then prohibition happened in the 20s. And the mafia was the people, like, they kept making alcohol. So people, like, yes, had Yes, they to... already had the supply lines and everything. Yeah, yeah so they basically were, like, smuggling alcohol and keeping things going and that's how they got all of their power because the government banned alcohol and people were still gonna fucking drink alcohol so that's how the mafia yeah. like, got all their money and then when alcohol became legal again it like didn't super matter the mafia just opened stores you know <laughs> they just opened actual bars like... yeah so that's why like that's how they got so powerful it was like literally the u.s's fault the government's fault thanks prohibition you nasty bitch that nobody liked (laughs) also the reason we have income tax is because of prohibition when they stopped taxing alcohol and all of that the government still needed to make money so they started income tax but then when they repealed prohibition and started taxing alcohol again they didn't get rid of income tax Hmm. yeah just a fun little fact fuck the government okay it's the Odessa Mafia in Baltimore, is what they said. And they said it's tough to crack. It's well-organized, highly technological, whatever that means in 2007. And they have a thieves code, which was fun, like pirate talk. They love this fake-up, this fake-ass thieves code. I don't doubt that there is a code for mafias. There, you know, there has to be, because we're all trusting each other to behave on the same playing field right but like the idea that there's like a written thieves code that like everyone has to memorize is really funny that's what's funny so funny like i don't doubt there's the like you know don't go after the family don't you know steal from your own people like i'm, I'm sure there are rules like that but the idea that there are like pamphlets the mafia ten commandments that you have to memorize before you can like join the mafia. Ridiculous. Anyway. Really funny. Conceptually. Just so funny. Just like really good. Um, So Gideon sees the guy in the window again and they're like, they need a witness. And Gideon just walks up. The guy's name is Gorbin. And the man is missing a ring finger. He's like super suspicious. And Gideon's like, I'm asking about the neighbors. I'm asking for witnesses. Then a black car drives by and the man's like, I didn't see anything. So Gideon's like, well, fuck. So we see the men get out of the car and we're like, uh-oh. And Kramer's like, hey, Lasowski. 
And Lasowski's like, yeah, I heard the family had problems. It's a small community. Word gets out. And um, Lasowski's like, do you want me to talk to Gorbin for you? Or like, oh, I saw you talking to Gorbin. And Gideon's like, he didn't say anything. And the guy's like, oh, I can get him to talk. You want me to get him to talk for you? And Gideon's like, no, thank you. <laughs> this guy, even if they try and play him as like a slimy, like russian mobster and he is he is still kind of charming the actor is very charming in his own way and i do think he's like pretty good in this the, role the thing about like mafias and mob culture and all of that is like it's very family oriented you know and they get mm-hmm. by them when they have to but like they're not seeking out violence for the most part. But, you know, so you're like, okay, like, sure, like, help your community, whatever. The problem is that they're also, like, smuggling out heroin and getting people yeah. addicted to things and, like, bringing guns into neighborhoods. You know, it's like, if they were legitimately just, like, community organizers and sometimes they beat people up, I'd be like, meh, I guess. But... <laughs> But they're like, the other things they're doing are not so good with the drugs. Yeah. You know. Oh, for sure. I just think that this guy plays a very charming Russian mobster in a way. Yeah. No, I, he's like a cool dad. Ayla, he's like, Ayla, he's like Ayla I'm Ayla just Bass. helping people. Yeah. It's very good. He's like, I'm just helping people. <laughs> hanging out. I'm not kidnapping anyone. We're talking about. So then Natalia yeah, comes like, running hanging. out. Natalia comes running out just yelling at him, being like, he has my dad. Blah 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 blah, and the guy's like, "Hey, like, if you want, do you want some help? If one of us is in pain, we're all in pain." And she's like, "Fuck you!" And he's like, "You're making the wrong decision." And he leaves. I does he know she's with his son? I think yes. I feel like he, he must. I feel like he figures it out along the way. But I don't think he'd be so like, hey, do you need me to pay this ransom? If he knew. But do you think him going to offer to pay the ransom is a little bit like his way of like also checking out the BAU as they're checking out him? You know, is this also is this as much of reconnaissance mission as anything else just to see like who these federal agents are in his town. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think so because he already knows Kramer. Like he knows the FBI's around there. And like Garcia says, he's a law abiding tax paying citizen. Like they have nothing to get him on, you know? So it's like, he shows up, he's like, Hey, do you want some help paying this ransom? Let me help you get your father back. And she's like, no, fuck you, whatever. You have my dad. And he's like, I don't but, like, let me help you pay, you know? Is this the moment where he maybe figures it out? He's like, why are you not wanting me to pay this? Or why are you not wanting me to help you like this? Hmm, suspicious. Yeah, I think and then he's suspicious. like, all right, farewell, Agents Gideon and whomever the fuck was there, Kramer yeah. and Reed, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> and Reed, question mark? Yeah. Was he there? Uh, yeah, he was. I also think it's weird that, like, Later, when Natalia's like, okay, I'll take your help, they, like, drive up. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
we go back to the dad yeah. hanging in the freezer. The leather jacket guy starts taking off his coat, and I think he's gonna like put it on his dad. Like that guy is really just like, "Hey, sorry, we had to kidnap you. We just need this money." <laughs> you know, he's sorry like, he's like, "Sorry about it." And then the other guy shows up and cuts him two hours early because the FBI came into it and cuts his ear off, and like you see the blood dripping and stuff, and you're just like, "Oh." Okay, back to Natalia's house. Hey, question. Yeah. Why? We see this man later. We see dad. We see freezer dad later. Mm-hmm. He has no blood on his shirt. None whatsoever. He's wearing a blanket. No, even when he's in the freezer later during the whole standoff thing, you see his face like three times. No blood. What's up with that? Maybe jacket guy cleaned him up. <laughs> Put him in a new, same level of disheveled <laughs> polo. <laughs> yeah. That's a, no, you're right. You're a right. A new pre-dirty polo. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. Okay. That's, no, that's a very good question. Why is he not covered in blood? Why? why also, is how is he conscious? He's been bleeding from his finger and from his ear for hours. Well, they put a little thing on his ear later. I know. Yeah, and he has. I don't know about his finger though. He has his hand all bandaged up, but the bandage is also bloody, so he's still bleeding. Actively bleeding. Hours. Man, what did they have this guy on? Like, (laughs) I mean, maybe because his hands were up, the blood was like not coming out of his hands until he like lowered them below his heart again. I don't know. They didn't do a good... They were like, no one gives a fuck about this dude. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Freezer Dad. Yeah. Poor Freezer Dad. Okay. <laughs> poor Freezer Dad. Truly the victim in all of this. He just wanted a better life for his family. And he was very sad about his two sons dying. Like... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. She's all upset. And he's like, "I'm work- we're working on it. And she's like, how are you working on it? You're standing here. And Morgan's like, I'm profiling. And then he gives a list. He gives a list of things. Okay, one, there's no family pictures after the brothers died. Two, there's no pictures of Natalia, older than the brothers being dead. There's no family room, so like the room they were in has to be the family room, but it's hardly used, so they don't eat together because there's not enough chairs. And she has like a knockoff Prada bag, and he's like, "You're trying to look like something you aren't." but you're like actually poor and i was like they have been saying this whole episode how poor they are that's the whole point they can't pay the ransom they keep talking about how poor they are and then morgan is like you're trying to hide the fact that you're poor and i was like says who literally says who also all of these people are poor so like what are you talking about and he's like we need to chose like figure out why they chose to victimize you we need to know why they're victimizing you, so I'm profiling you. It was just like a weird, like... And then he doesn't tell us what any of his conclusions are. He just keeps them for himself. For himself. Like a like a yeah. fun little secret, fun little mouse tool that he's going to use for later. <laughs> yeah. So then Kramer is like, yeah, we've got lots of info about like this organization, but we don't have any like personal info. And Gideon goes... Reed, give the suburban key to Morgan. We're going back to the station. 
I just like loved the detail that they were like, give Morgan the suburban, we'll drive with this guy. It was just funny. Okay. Then, okay, we're at the ambassador's house. This is, we see the outside of it. It's like covered in mud or in like vines. Very stately, very stately manners. And then inside it's all like gilded furniture and she's got her like wood office. Everything is wooden. The pictures of Emily from the 90s. And they're arguing about whether or not Emily enjoys her job. Whether enjoying is the right word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gregor calls. And the Ambassador Prentice is like, Emily is here. And he goes, oh, little Emily. <laughs> I was like, little Emily. Little Emily. <laughs> little you... Emily. She's just a little guy. <laughs> you know she was called that her whole life. Oh, little for Emily. sure. Yeah. She's like 36 and they're still calling her little Emily. Uh, but Gregor says, nobody's going to help you. They're not impressed. Sorry. <laughs> and then he's like, anyway, bye. Goodbye, Emily. And she just goes, goodbye, sir. And the mom is all like sad and is like, I really thought I could help. Tell Hotch I said sorry. And Emily is like, question mark, question mark. Like, oh, my mom couldn't do it. Huh. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's really sad. I was like, oh, you thought your mom was a superhero. And now she's not. I know. So, okay, we're at Kramer's office of the station. And they're talking about, like, the ta- the criminal tattoos. He's got them all up on the board. And there's, like, a folder of, like, what all the tattoos mean. And Rita's immediately like, oh, I'm going to go look at them. Nice. I'm going to so, memorize all these. Yeah, I'm going to memorize all of this. So then they like give us... Nerd. They give us, like, the pyramid scheme layout of the mafia. There's, like, the boss, and then there's the underbosses, who are, like, the two goons that follow him everywhere. And then there's the Obocheck, which is the pool of bribes and support money, etc. And it's just, like, an open pool of money that the boss can, like, use for stuff. And we find out that Lasowski yeah. was, is the boss, and he offered to help. And they're like, that's weird that he offered to help. And the Penelope calls, and it's like, hey, it's not a lot of information of Lasowski. He's from Dugoprugni. Dugoprugni. I think you were, like, good with it, actually. Nice. I spelled it phonetically, so. Okay. He had a wife. She died. He served 23 years in a remote prison. He came to America legally. He's law-abiding. He's tax-paying. And they were like, that's interesting, whatever. So there's a part of the code is to forsake your family, to have no family of your own, because family makes you vulnerable. And then he owns a restaurant called Little Kiev. And Gideon's like, this makes no sense. Why help them? Why kidnap them and then offer to pay the ransom to get them back? And they were like, well, the family is also probably criminals. So like, maybe it's like criminal on criminal crime. <laughs> Great. He's probably at his restaurant. He's the nicest guy. They are nothing but harassing him (laughs) at his restaurant. And he's just like, do you want some borscht? Like, do you want some food? 
uh, you can I take can, it to I can, go. I'll have the, you can take it to go. Yeah. yeah. Like you look skinny. You should take this food. Like he's yeah. just, he's so nice. And I know he's a criminal who does do murders and stuff, but also he was offering them free borscht. So also I love how Gideon is. He's like, it's my mom's borscht recipe. And Gideon's like, I'm not here to forsake your family. And he's like, I don't have to forsake her recipes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> comedy king. This Honestly, guy's comedy funny. King. Yeah, very this funny. This guy's funny. Comedy king. Comedy king. He's absolutely not the bad guy of this episode. No. It so he's allowed to be funny and yeah. say I didn't forsake her recipes. Like that's comedy gold, it's dude. Very funny. Yeah. Okay. Emily goes back to Hodge, and it's like her contacts fell through apparently she's not infallible and she's literally just like shocked and Hotch is like are you okay and she's like i just wish there was something we could do i thought my mom would get it done like weird um which i think is very telling so we learned later that emily went to georgetown for her undergrad and she was living in an apartment in georgetown which is expensive as shit and she had a waitress job but she was terrible at waitressing. So every month her mother would just put money in her bank account and neither of them would ever mention it or acknowledge it or talk about it. Emily was yeah. still living off of her mother, but like pretending she was earning her own money as a waitress. And I think that's like so telling that Emily, like even though she's mad about it, she like knows her mother is like always gonna like fix things and like always gonna make things okay. And then you have this moment of like, my mom couldn't help me. Huh. Like, it's like super, what do I do if my mom isn't the one who fixes everything? It's just like a, we get to watch her at 36 go through that moment of realizing your parents yeah. are humans, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> We're at Natalia's house. They're showing a grandfather clock, and I know it's to show us the time because they show us clocks throughout the episode. I didn't keep track of them. But above the grandfather clock is like this bald head, this like painted Eggman head. And I was so thrown by this decoration on the grandfather clock. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> You okay, you have to, if you're listening to this, go back to this moment, look okay, at the grandfather up. clock. It is, this thing's head is like, what? <laughs> I don't want to, like, not to be, like, culturally insensitive. I don't know if it's, like, a Russian thing, but, like, what the fuck is up with this head? Let yeah. me, honor among thieves, hold up, let me pull it up. Let me find the moment, let me find the minutes. Let I can me tell mute you it, it, okay. Yeah, let me open it up and let me tell you. Okay, so after Emily has her little no my mom moment. It's it's like twenty-three minutes. Oh yeah, that is such a weird little guy. It's just like a I weird think that's guy. Just kind of weird art, actually. Yeah. It threw me for a fucking loop. Kind of obsessed with it actually. So if you're what if you have the episode, it's twenty-three minutes and twelve seconds. This little weird looking dude. I'm kind of obsessed with him, actually. I'm kind of obsessed with his it's looks, like, with his 
he's got wings or something, and then there's like a ruler he's above a little him. Cherub, kind of. But God, if he doesn't look like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I just was like, what the fuck? He's a little, he's a little cherub, but he has, he's a little cherub guy, but also, <laughs> yeah, he has like the like not like shadow but like you know when people shave their heads and like it's starting to kind of just grow back just a little bit you know and yeah. so it's like not even like hair it's just like the color of hair on your head yeah he has that and it's gray and he's kind of balding and i don't know what to do with that <laughs> like he's a little cherub but he's also 86 years old and works in the accounting department at my work like criminal minds tattoos ideas the robot from empty planet <laughs> This weird dude from Honor Among Thieves. What a weird little dude. Yeah. I just needed to, like, I needed everyone to look at that and, like, get it. You needed everybody to suffer with you. I really did, actually. Yeah. Okay. Natalia offers Morgan food. And she's like, I, I'm like my mom. They cook when they're upset. And Morgan's like, oh, my mom does that, too. It must be a mom thing. Which made me laugh because Emily's mom does not make any mention of food. Emily's like, do you want to go to dinner? And her mom's like, I'll pay. And that does not make food. Great. Okay. They talk about Morgan's family for a second. We find out that she's from Dugaprugni. Then there's a knock on the door. And Morgan's like, you expecting anyone? And she's like, no. Okay. We open the door. It's a kid who lives down the street. He's like, hey, some dude gave me this box to give to you. They open it. Inside is an ear. She Just starts, an ear. What's an ear? She screams. Morgan puts the kid in the house, goes outside. There's nobody. Wow, weird. She's, like, sobbing in the bathroom. Sobbing. Okay. We're at the restaurant. Reed is still going through this folder of tattoos. Um, They park terribly. They're taking up, like, two parking spots. I know that's not, like, that doesn't matter, yeah, but, what? like... Fuck, that pisses me the fuck off. Are really, you kidding me? pisses me off. This parking lot is empty as hell, and you're still out here parking like a jackass? Yeah. Not, it barely ranks on my reasons to hate the government, but the fact <laughs> that if you're in, like, a fucking government car and you park like a fucking jackass? No. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Terrible. I love yeah. it when I see, like, cop cars or, like, black sedans that are very clearly government that are like parked on fire lines i love when i see them getting towed i love it oh that brings my heart joy that's very funny yeah it I... happens all the time there's one store that for some reason or one like office area that the fbi are always at or something it's some sort of government black sedan and they are always you can if you go down that street, there is a chance you see one of those cars getting towed because they just cannot <laughs> park correctly. Kramer is like, no one ever says anything. No one talks. The victims don't talk. Nobody, nothing. Morgan calls Gideon and tells him about the ear and they upped the money to $50,000 and the note said, say hello to the FBI. Mor Gideon's like, Morgan, tell Hotch about this. We hear Natalia sobbing in the bathroom. Gideon is like, Kramer, you stay out here. The guy, like, needs to stay face in front of you so he would, like, posture. So, like, don't go inside. Great. And then Morgan goes to check on Natalia. It's, like, silent. We don't hear crying anymore. And then um, 
she's gone. He's driving. She's driving away. He just goes, "Damn!" really loudly. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Me when I'm upset. Damn. Ah, damn. Damn. Yeah. So we're at the restaurant. Okay. <laughs> This made me laugh. Gideon and Reed walk in and the bouncer's like, you can't go in. And Gideon just turns his head and just like blank face stares at the crime boss like, you gonna let him, you gonna let him tell me no? And the boss is just like eating borscht. And he's just like, um, okay. Go on. So they go in. Didn't you forsake your mother? Well, I didn't forsake her recipes. <laughs> he just, the way he offers them food is just so funny to me. Reed's like, absolutely not in a million years. And Gideon's oh. like, yeah, sure, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. And Gideon Borsh. eats it. Gideon's eating he it. He eats it. Yeah. Uh, Gideon's Ugh. like, you've got a problem. And the guy's like, I don't have a problem. Reed, okay. Reed is like, look at your tattoos. Jail sentences and the X's are how many years. They already knew he spent 23 years in prison. So I don't know why they're like... I really wanted to make something with these tattoos, but it just, it always felt like, hey, look, we did academic research on how mobs work. Like, it's weird. It really is. And then he like shows the tattoo on his chest that says like, he's a thief in law. He's a boss. And it's like, we know you're the boss. That's why we're talking to you. Yeah. That's why you own Little Kiev, my guy. Yeah. And the guy says... (laughs) He says there's no such thing as a control problem. There's controls and there is dead. Which is like, yeah, okay. And then Natalia comes in and is like, fuck you, FBI. I spoke to my father. He's fine. I'm going with these guys. And you're like, oh, okay. So then you're back. You're like, weird. We know for a fact he's not fine, but okay. So then... The ambassador shows back up at the precinct with an envelope. And she goes to Emily and she's like, hey, sorry again about that thing. I couldn't help. And I called Gregor again. And she was like, remember how Penelope said that she didn't know how banks worked in Russia, but if she did, she could get into one. I called Gregor and was just like, tell me about like banks and he gave me this and it should like help you and emily's just like thanks yeah okay i'll go give it to her (laughs) i love i love that they actually made ambassador prentice do this Mm -hmm. i love this because it shows like she is an she's much smarter than you give her credit for no matter how smart you think she is she is just that little bit smarter and i think it really is like this is something that, like, Emily also has these weird, like, ingenious solutions to things sometimes. And it's like, where do you think she got it from? Like, yeah, I I do really like that they made her smart. But I also think it shows that, like, just like when she shows up, she's like, yeah, she wants to help these people, but she's really bossy and she's really haughty and she expects them to just say yes. And it seems like. You know, she's on this high horse, doesn't give a shit, they're gonna help her. And then when you see this moment where she, like, was really upset that she couldn't help, and then she was like, you know what, fuck that. I'm gonna find a way to help anyway. You can tell that she, like, genuinely wanted to help these people. That, like, you know, yeah, it looked like a power trip, but that's because 
she's confident and she knows she has power. You know, it's not because she's a shitty person. She's a confident woman in the government. She needs to power trip every once in a while if she wants to get shit done. Like, yeah, and she's used to like having to tell men to shut the fuck up and do what she like is telling them to do. You know, especially because Hachi used to work for her. You know, yeah. And this moment really like says something to me that like she didn't just say like. You know, I tried my best and it didn't work. She was like, actually, no, I'm going to try something else. And she genuinely cares about, like, helping these people. And I really liked that. Because we see Emily, too, like, doesn't give up, you know? So I like that a lot. Okay. Morgan gets to the restaurant as Natalia drives off. We find out that, like, technically they don't have a case anymore because the victim rescinded the report. But they're like, well, we still have the body parts as evidence. And then they're like, shit, Natalia has the ear. Okay, JJ, go look inside the cooler. And JJ looks inside the cooler and there's no finger. So they don't even have body parts. So there's no proof of crime even happened. Um, great. Morgan goes back to Natalia's house, breaks in. No one's there. Okay, they cut a lot as he's like going to the house. But it's like, unnecessary cuts so unnecessary he's like walk it's like five shot cuts as he walks up the stairs and it's like why are we doing this it's not even like he's not progressing any in the cuts they just he's also not like in danger like no it's just like the weirdest like you're trying to make it look all cool but like for what i don't know no one's there. <laughs> he gets to the trash and it's full and he like shakes his head. And I was like, why are you shaming them for not, not taking the trash out? <laughs> and then I remembered that originally Natalia had said that she found the dad's car open when she went to take out the trash last night, but the trash is full. She didn't take out the trash. So she lied. Correct. Yeah. And then Morgan's like, she's probably halfway to and then reads like whoa 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 and then you find out that she and the boss are from the same hometown i don't know yes. why this is important <laughs> i don't get it because she fell in love with the boss's son after the boss had left and she hadn't and that's when she fell in love with Leov. What? Huh? Like what? The dad went to jail, and so she fell in love with like Leov back in Russia. Yes. But she was like a kid back in Russia. Yeah. So she ran a maybe they were just friends back then and then they reconnected when they were in the states like hey what's up like i'm in i'm in your town do you want to get dinner <laughs> like i don't maybe they're saying that it'd be weird for the dad for the boss to like take the dad because they're like from the same hometown they would have known each other back in russia so like why would he kidnap this guy that he like knew really well I honestly, here's the thing. I don't think there's a lot of 
significance <laughs> to them being from the same town. I think maybe potentially they're playing to like, wow, you know, like um, Natalia and Leov knew each other back when they were kids in this town. And maybe that's why they're in love now or whatever. Who fucking knows? I just um, think it didn't come to anything. They were just like, well, they're from the same town. I don't know. As though there's not fucking millions of people in Russia. As though it's not an extremely populous country. Wild. I don't know. Okay. Then we cut to Penelope saying, it's breadcrumb. Basically, like, the paper that she got from Gregor is, like, a bunch of, like, account numbers and passwords. So she's, like, jumping from account to account. And then she gets into the bank system. What she's actually doing, I think, here is something called, um, I think she's exploiting weaknesses in different ancillary sites in order to gain access to some to the bank's website, is how I'm picturing it. Because that's a big thing. It's a big thing now with like the internet of things, right? Mm. If there's a vulnerability in one thing, you can get into the system and go from there, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's what she's doing. I think she's she's abusing some sort of like vendor or like software site something to get like just the vaguest of footholds within the bank and then you can go from there basically that makes sense um but then she's like i'm in the bank and it's just a wall of green text and i don't know if this is me not knowing about coding but like that's nothing that is she said it was like that was like account information so what i guess that was what they what i guess they were trying to do to what they were trying to imply that that was was like encrypted account information that she would need to de-encrypt to make into something and like data doesn't need to be formatted at first you can do that you can apply formatting later so i think they were trying to like they were trying to imply that she had gotten much more than she had bargained for. And like that this was like just this was just like ones and zeros. This was everything in the bank downloading onto like just like showing up on a page to be de-encrypted, basically. Or decrypted. Okay. Why did I say de-encrypted? Decrypted. <laughs> They're devolving. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I the way I don't understand code. The way it means nothing to me. I looked at that and went... Did you just say the way it means nothing to me? Did you forget the S on means? No. It means nothing to me. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I'll play it back. It means... It means... That's funny. No. No. (laughs) I don't understand... I know basic HTML, I understand CSS, but sometimes my mother works with computers, like in computer systems, in computer softwares, and she has tried to explain to me things, and I look at her computer screen, and I'm like, this is nothing. This is (laughs) nothing to me. And she's like, no, look, this is the this, and then you route through here, and you do this, and I'm just like, no, this this is over the head. Absolutely means nothing to me. Like my <laughs> brain, the way I don't understand. So, like, how does math like become rocket ships? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like uh-huh. I watch, I've seen um, Hidden Figures a bunch of times. Love that movie. The part at the end where they're getting ready to send the spaceship off and she like does a bunch of math on her little notepad and then she like runs it over and gives it to them and they're like, now we can launch the rocket. I'm like, she just kind of did some long division. How does that make the rocket ship go? Like, I just, my brain says, no, thank you. None, <laughs> none thinks. I don't, I can't do it. Don't try. It's not going to work. I can't do it. I cannot. I... <laughs> I can't do math to save my fucking life either, for sure, for sure. But I do really like sci-fi shows, and I did write a sci-fi <laughs> pilot for my, oh. like, capstone. So, like, I did have to talk to a professor in the computer science department about what was possible to do. And we just, like, I would just go over to his office, like, once a week, just, like, kick back and be like, hey, is this episode of Person of Interest, like, possible? And he'd be like, yes, unfortunately. I was like, horrifying, thanks. I'll note that down. Like, that's (laughs) where a lot of my knowledge comes from. I also don't know how math becomes rocket ships, but I'm confident that somebody else knows that very well. I would assume the rocket you know, we scientists all have our, do. We all have our uh, we all have our parts to play, and mine is a little <laughs> court jester, and I'm okay with that. Like, My, mine is a Criminal Minds podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a little court jester. My little the little bells on my shoes jingle as I dance. They get it. They get into the bank, and it's a bunch of bullshit on the screen. Wonderful. And then the men are talking. No victim. No report. No body parts. No names. We were so blinded by the fact that she trusted us, we didn't wonder if we could trust her. Great. Penelope's in the bank. And now she's just, like, on the bank's website. And she's logging in. Yeah, now in. she's on a little admin terminal, <laughs> yeah. and she's just having a good time. She logs in, and wow, there's, there is $500,000 in this bank account. Great. Morgan's like, why did they come to us? Why did they come to us? So he gets the info from Penelope that the money got sent, and Gideon goes to see... Grobin or whatever the guy's name is, Gorbin. And he's like, hey, who paid the money? And the guy doesn't say anything. And he's like, Lasalski paid the money. And the guy doesn't say anything. And Gideon's like, Gideon's like, thanks for your help. Okay. The money is in Freezer Dad's wife's maiden name. It's in Natalia's mother's maiden name. I don't know what this means. And I don't know why it's important. I thought it was in, sorry, I thought it was in Lysowski's wife's maiden name. In Leov's mother's maiden name. Yeah, in Leov's mother's maiden name, and Leov's mother is Lysowski's wife. Oh, uh, wait. That's why it's important that it's in her right. name. Her, his dead wife. Yes. Oh, because well, Leov has the mother's maiden name as his last name, because he's not allowed to have his dad's last name. He's not Leov Lasowski, he's Leov whatever. Oh, that's how they figure out that Leov is the guy's son, is because he has the wife's maiden name. Yes. I understand. Also, I don't think the wife's dead, I think she faked her death, but that's a whole different thing. Because I think she, I don't think, 
Lasowski's wife really died. I think she just had to go into hiding to have the son. Oh, so she could still be around somewhere. Theoretically, yes. But the more important thing is, is that he has a living adult son. Right. And so then they say, well, then why bring the FBI in? And they say to put pressure on the other victim. And the other victim is Lasowski. Leoff yes. is exploiting the fa- his father, Lasowski, because his father isn't can't claim him. Yes. So he's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. My dad can't do anything about it because then he'd have to acknowledge me, his son. <laughs> look at me, Dad! Dad, I just want you to look at me and pay attention to me, Dad! <sighs> Does this change the way you saw your little boy? Now he's a man and he needs you! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this episode has a lot going on. It layers the mother issues, the father issues. <laughs> The, the running your own money in the world issues. <laughs> like, it's actually really interesting that like Leah is earning money by getting it from his dad paying ransoms and Emily like earns money by her mom just like putting it in her bank account and they don't talk about it. It's like the same oh thing. Oh my god, are they meant to be narrative foils here? Oh my god. I just thought of that. Emily's mother is like the mob box thing. Like I called Gregor and got this information. Here it is. Get into the banks. And then the other guy is like, oh. They both ignore their children, but still, like, protect them and help them. Oh, my God. Hold wow. up. Did we? Did this just become a brilliant episode of we Criminal Minds? We cracked the Mind? code. We cracked the fucking we code. We cracked dude. the code. <laughs> Cracking the code. Okay. Leather jacket guy is in the freezer and he's like nice the money came through don't worry about it freezer dad we'll get you out of here and then leov mean guy comes in and just stabs leather jacket guy which makes me really sad because i liked leather jacket guy like i know he's a kidnapper and like an extortionist or whatever but he was like nice he was gonna give the guy his jacket because he was cold hanging in the freezer <laughs> anyway yeah yeah so then um leov does stab and kill him and then just like stares at Freezer Dad, which is really weird. Uh, getting <laughs> the fact like... that we're just calling him Freezer Dad. I mean, is is that not what he is? Is that I not know. what he is? He's just funny. It's yeah. just funny. It's funny. It's just Freezer Dad. It's just Freezer Dad. You know, wife in the fridge. This is Dad in the freezer. <laughs> This is fridge love interest, yeah. but just dad and freezer. He got freezed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got fridged. Yeah. Okay. Gideon goes to the restaurant and he's like, Lasowski paid all the ransoms. And Lasowski's like, don't worry about it. The dad's going to be out any second. We know that's not true because mean man is going to stab him. Great. And Gideon is like, why pay? Why pay the ransoms? What? And they mentioned Liav, whatever. And I think Gideon is like, Liav is a son's name. It's like... <laughs> okay. Once a Liav, always a son, I guess. <laughs> so then the guy is like, Liav means little lion. And I was like, it's his son? This is when I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Imagine them doing this with, like, an American name, though. Imagine them doing this with an English name, like, Daniel. Dumb. That's a son's Daniel. name. <laughs> like, like, what? 
And here's the thing, though, because I know okay. Russian Russian does have that kind of thing. The same way we have, like, you know, Danielson is Daniel's yeah. son, Fredrickson, etc. They have that with, like, with men, it's, like, like Ivanov is son of Ivan, and then Ivanova is yeah. daughter of Ivan. So they do have that, but just, like, Lyov is Not that? with first names. Yeah. Is it is Liov like Liov Lisowski? Like I don't I don't know. Whatever. Natalia comes into the freezer and she's like, Bro, you killed the jacket, dude. And Liov is like Not jacket man. <laughs> not nice jacket man. Not, not not jacket guy. That yeah. was his only distinguishing characteristic, is that he had a jacket. <laughs> and he was nice. Yeah. Liov says, When we started this a year ago, we agreed no witnesses. And Natalia is like, I'm in love with you. We're going to go. Let's let my dad go. And Liov is like, your dad could tell my dad. And Natalia is like, okay, I'm going to go say goodbye. And so she goes over and she's like, you didn't love me. When my brothers died, you stopped giving a fuck about me. You, I want things. I want to be something. You said when we came to America, we were going to be something. And we're just poor. Fuck you, Dad. I'm leaving. And then she's like, "Sorry, Dad. He's gonna kill you, though." Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. So Lasowski is like, I knew right away when the first guy got taken that it was my son. I wanted him to earn his own money, so I let him kidnap people and just paid the ransoms. And it's okay because it comes from the fund. Like no one questions the boss but he like he couldn't say that he wasn't in charge of the kidnappings because then it would look like he was weak but he couldn't say it was his son because he's not allowed to have a son but he's like don't worry about it the dad's gonna get let go soon and Gideon's like well what are you gonna do about it and the Southsky says we take care of our own troubles cool cool yeah Natalia's like I'm gonna go outside while you kill my dad I don't wanna watch and then the the underboss comes in one of the bosses, like, right-hand guys, the underboss, comes in and is like, put the knife down. It's time to pay. And you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, spaghettios. And then there's, like, this, like, montage with, like, Lasowski's, like, sitting in his restaurant all sad, not eating his borscht. And then we see the dad leaving the freezer to head home. And then we see, like, everyone's dead, including Leo and Natalia. And then it cuts back to Lasowski, all sad. And then we see Hotch telling the wife what happened. And then Gideon's comforting someone. And then we see Lasowski, all sad still. And then the bodies get thrown into the water. Right. In, like, trash bags. Arguably the worst way you could throw a body into the water. Yeah. It was wild. Okay. Emily goes to talk to her mom. Emily's like, hey, mom, just wanted to let you know it was all okay. You know, couldn't have done without you. Hot says, thanks. And then Emily's like, okay, bye. And her mom says, it was nice to feel needed again. And Emily's like, sorry, what? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she says, she's an ambassador without an assignment. And her mom, and Emily's like, you've had, like, you've had quiet times before. And she's like, it's been four years emily like it's never been this long and and one does start to wonder and emily's literally just like shocked like speechless 
And she's like, I've never heard you doubt yourself before. And her mom is like, oh, I doubt myself constantly. I just don't show it. And Emily's just like, what? <laughs> Who are you? And then she goes to leave. And then she's like, hey, do you want to go to dinner? And her mom's like, my treat? And Emily's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then they just kind of <laughs> like. Which is such a funny moment. <laughs> I know. And then they just walk off together. And her mother is never mentioned again. Ever. Her mother disappears. Her <laughs> mother disappears. And there's times when I like would think they'd bring her back, but I wonder if it's just that the actress stopped. Retired, yeah. Like retired. They like didn't bring her back. Because like Emily when Emily's whole thing happens in season six, it's like you think her mom would have been involved in that somehow. With her connections and her whatnot, but they don't mention her. No. Which is very interesting to me. I just like, it would have been cool to see them like pull Emily's mom in every now and then when they needed an ambassador type person, you know? Because, like, unlike everybody else's parents, her mom is, you know, useful to them. Yeah, that's true. And she clearly would happily help. I think it's just because the actress retired, which that's yeah. absolutely fine. It would have been cool just to learn anything more about Emily. During Emily's whole thing, after they call JJ in, there's just like a shot of Emily's mom and JJ in like some coffee shop, just like oh catching God. up and exchanging just catching gossip. <laughs> just like, just hanging out. Like... Like it would have been really cool. Oh, we like can't spoil anything, but it we would can't. be it would be cool if like her mom had shown up when JJ was like telling the team the lie. You know, her mom was part of it and like had helped figure everything out. Like that would have made a lot of sense, but it didn't. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, this was a weird one. This was a weird episode. Like it's good. Is I, it? Is it good? I. I guess that I've seen it a lot because it's a big Emily episode, but like, is it a big Emily episode? Is it a good episode? I don't. What does this episode. Okay. Pros, cons. What does this episode do good? I think. MILF. 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 Ambassador Prentice. MILF. MILF. MILF is a big one here. Big MILF. Underscore that shit. Big money MILF. Big money. Big money all MILFs. We. I like. That we see Emily, we see daughter Prentice. You know, it's like... It's a new side of Prentice. And I also think it, like, clears up a lot, you know, when we hear, oh, your mother was an ambassador, she might have pulled some strings. And then you see Emily, how Emily is, and you see how the ambassador is, you're like, oh, I see. No, okay. I think it tells us a lot about that. Um, I like the mob boss. He's a fun character. Yeah. I like that they brought Kramer back. We had some like consistency. We love a good a good recurring character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Gina, that's four good things. Gina Sharp. We'll we'll group her in with Kramer as okay. like fun consistency. Okay. I don't think she deserves a point on her own, even though she is wonderful. Yeah. I liked Reed in this episode. He was surprisingly not annoying. 
<laughs> I liked him. He and Gideon were a fun little. Yeah, duo. we don't get to see them as like a as like a lighthearted duo so often. They're always yeah. like in the trenches of trauma whenever they yeah. have a conversation. Like it's nice that they can just go and like eat borscht. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father son bonding time. We eat borscht. Like <laughs> Emily outfit staple. Classic Emily, Emily outfit staple is a pretty good number five. Okay, so that's like five good things. Yeah. What's some cons about this episode? Confusing. Um, confusing. Why is the BAU there? Why is the BAU there? JJ and Hotcher in this episode for two minutes combined. Yeah, for sure. Not very long. Not very long. Dad, Emily's dad does not exist. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a bad thing about this episode, though. That is just a fact about Emily is that her dad doesn't exist. She's an immaculate conception. <laughs> Immaculately <laughs> conception. Yeah. Um, what else is bad about this episode? The confusion is just such th- a big chunk of it. The confusion accounts for like three to four points here instead of just one. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. the confusion is like why her own dad? Why is the boss like letting this happen? Like what why didn't Morgan protest? When did Natalia take the fucking finger out of the cooler? The mom had it the whole time. When did Natalia take the finger? I just have a lot of questions. They killed Jacket Guy. That's a negative against them. That's a negative against this episode. So the question is here then, do the negatives <laughs> outweigh the positives on this episode? Does this go on the lower side of our rankings because it's just confusing? I would give this episode a six. A six, okay. I would choose to watch it for fun, but it did take me this long to figure out what the like crime was. It's just there's <laughs> so many levels. And usually, here's the thing. If this show was, like, person of interest, where there's always, like, seven layers to a crime, right? I'd be like, yeah, okay, my brain is already thinking, sure, cool, fine. This is Criminal Minds. The main crime that occurs here is, like, murder in a bunch of fancy ways. Like, this is not, like, a highbrow show. No, and I also think, I think the problem was there weren't a lot of layers. It was just that the two layers were so unclear. Yeah. Like, there's the layer of what Natalia's saying the crime is, and then the layer of what the crime is. But they're so weird, (laughs) I couldn't tell you. I think I'm going to give this episode a five. Do it. Because, like... The Emily stuff is great. I love the Emily stuff. I love the little bits of like Emily and Penelope being besties we kind of got here. Love them. Emily's here for like 10 minutes. Also, like, how did Emily and Penelope end up in a room alone together? And Penelope wasn't like, dude, your mom is hot. Yeah. How did Emily get out of that room unhit on and, and unscathed? Like, like I, that's what I don't get is, like, why would Penelope not be like, dude, your mom's a fox. But here's here's the reason why Penelope didn't say Emily's mom is hot. Because she 
has fucked Emily and wants to do it again and knows that she would never get to do it again <laughs> if she called Emily's mom hot. That's the thing. That's the unfortunate thing, you know? Everyone knows that if they say anything good or bad about Emily's mom, it will result in a fight with Emily. If they you say have something to nice, stay so neutral. You yeah. have to stay you have to walk <laughs> such a fine line of neutrality to not get in Emily's shit list re her mother like if, if, you like, have to be so careful if penelope was like man your mom is really hot emily would be like what the fuck you think my mom is hot you think her- she's a bitch she was terrible to me and you're gonna call her hot but then if they're like wow you look a lot like your mom how fucking dare you compare us but then if they're like <laughs> they're like wow you're you look so much better than your mom emily would be like what the fuck? That's my mother you're talking about. Why would you, like, there's, like, nothing you could say that would make her not be, like, don't talk about my mother. So you just can't say anything. No one said anything the whole episode because they knew the fine fucking hairline they were walking. If they said one word, if they went, is that your mother? Emily, that's it. Emily's like, actually, I quit. (laughs) I would rather quit. That's her final straw. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you mention that I have a mother? Get away from me. <laughs> Actually, that's my new headcanon. No one can ever mention Emily's mother because if they do, Emily like disappears for a week. <laughs> like... They find her in some fucking like remote cabin in Montana. Yeah. And she's like, oh, hey guys. She acts completely normal about it. She disappears for two weeks. She comes back and she's like, anyway, what case are we working on? And they were like, is this because we mentioned your mother? And she's like, excuse me, disappears for another two weeks. <laughs> when I'm not allowed to, not, we're not allowed to talk about Emily's mother. That's it for this week on Wheels Up. Next week, we have, we're getting into the real, like, we're almost done with this season. Yeah. Next week, we have season two, episode 21, or next time on Wheels Up, we have season two, episode 21, open season. Oh, this is a nice one. This is where Emily fucks that ranger. <laughs> is that is that how you remember this episode? That's how it happened. It's yeah. I, I don't remember that. That's no. That's what happened. Actually, Emily fucks that ranger girl. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess, yeah. This is also my favorite opening of a Criminal Minds episode. What is this? Oh, yes! Yeah. You're bad. Girlies in a bar time. Yeah, so exactly. True. We get some gay oh. Jay. We get Emily in that dress. We get Penelope talking about MySpace. <laughs> Truly? What more could you want? What could you want? This episode, this next episode will have it all. And that's a wheels up guarantee to you. Guarantee. (laughs) That's it. We're done. Wait, wait. What? Did they say the name of the episode within the episode? What's the name of this episode? Honor Among Thieves? Honor Among Thieves? I don't think so. I don't think they did, which is weird. It seemed like a real, like... They could real have. Real, easy. real slam dunk there, yeah. Yeah, they didn't say reels up. Fine. Next week, <laughs> we will get one of those two things. One, we will get one, one yes in our in our stats boxes. I don't know which one. 
one of them, though. I guarantee it. If he says so. That is also a wheels up guarantee. Is it? I'm not guaranteeing that. We can guarantee that. <laughs> I'm a little bit... You know, I realized this the other day, and hmm. we can end the episode in a second. I'll ask you the ending question, whatever, okay. in a second. I realized that if I was born... 100 200 years earlier yeah i probably would have been a snake oil salesman 100 you would have been like th- this is not me saying that as like a good thing that's a me saying that in like a am charismatic and have an answer to every question kind of way oh yeah like oh yeah this is it's not a good fact about me but it is a fun <laughs> fact about me and that i would have killed it as a snake oil salesman in the wild west i would have just slapped a doctor in front of my name and gone fucking wild who was gonna check me who was gonna check me <laughs> nobody i would have no been one. the best snake oil salesman on <laughs> i would have been the best snake oil salesman west of the mississippi river for damn sure <laughs> yeah that's it for this week james do you have an ending quote for me I do. As Penelope Garcia says, I will compile and reconnect forth with Junior G-Man, Oracle out. She's so funny and cute. I love her.